You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, Sid Talk, you know, if I offered you, your favorite thing is The Wizard of Oz, I would say, movies wise. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> So, if there was on the my sh- favorite thing is you, so right. All right then. So if I, there was a limited collector's edition of oh, I am the limited collector. There's only one. Correct. All right. So we are dime a dozen. If there was not true. <laughs> if there was a limited edition collector's set of the Wizard of Oz, and it contained uh, you open the box and there was. You know, all kinds of things, like a statue of Dorothy, a, a ruby slipper, for instance. One. That you can display. No, a pair. Okay. Um, I'm building a, a visual here. The movie on Blu-ray, in the deluxe, whatever it is, the 3D, all of those things, all in one thing. And a cool book, and a poster, and all that stuff. Or, the movie, just in with no printing on it. I just write on it Wizard of Oz in, in black pen and uh, stick it in a white paper sleeve. Which one would you pay for? Pay for? Yeah. Just the movie in the sleeve. Yeah. So why why would you not be interested in any extra? Not, um, it's not that I'm not interested. It's that it does not do anything for me. The movie, in this case Wizard of Oz, even though I like additional things you've given me salt and pepper shaker i have an entire tub full of wizard of oz things through my life which at different points in my life i was like "Ooh, wizard of oz puzzle Ooh, wizard of oz monopoly Ooh, wizard of oz christmas tree ornaments and then that's faded a bit because those things do not do anything for my experience of the movie which is the the kernel of it is the thing. It's not even the kernel of anything. It is the thing. What about if the book told you a load of extra stuff that you'd never heard of, behind the scenes Don't things? Don't care. So no longer care about the extras because I like the thing to be its own thing. And for me, that goes for almost everything entertainment-wise. Yeah. You know, if I get a, an album from somebody and their music's really awesome, I don't need to know any more about that person. I love U2 music. I do not give a shit about what they're doing or where they're going or their principles or their politics or how old they are or if they die, if they have children. I'm not affected by that because my experience of listening to their music is that. Um, now, when I was seven, I was a huge Sean Cassidy fan. I wanted the poster. I wanted the music. I wanted to see him on television. Every time he came on television, I would have taken a figure if you'd given me a figure or a doll. Anything. But I was seven. Right. And now I want the thing, the experience of that entertainment thing, is enough for me. And the reason we're talking about this is I was talking about collector's editions of either games or movies. And how I like them, but I won't pay much more for them. I, I'm not that kind of person like... Um, you let your wife buy them for you for Christmas. Right. <laughs> or... Because I know you enjoy the extra stuff. Or I'll buy it. If it's really... Like the Last of Us video game. It had a collector's edition. And I bought the collector's edition because... 
A, I knew I would like that game because I like that Naughty Dog stuff. And B, there was... This like, is before the after the show discussion, by the way. There was a cool art book that was like a proper book, not like a little flimsy book. It was a 170-page hardback book with all the concept art, which I have looked through thoroughly and enjoyed it a lot. And it was, it, I think the Eclair's edition was $15 more than the regular one. Plus, she got the game in a steelbook case. It just, it just was a nicer... And you were saying, why does that matter? And to me, it's like, only on special things, maybe Star Wars, maybe anything Paul Thomas Like, you Anderson. don't need Walter White sitting on your desk. No, do not, no. Even though I love that, you know? Or Rick from And Walking there's Dead. there's a special Blu-ray edition of Breaking Bad, the whole, all the seasons in a meth barrel. The, oh, my um, God. What do you call that? Methylamine. You know the barrels that they Oh, stay. right. So the, you open the barrel, and the discs are all inside the barrel. And it's got the BR on it. And it's cool. It's really cool. And there's a Walking Dead collector's set for the seasons where it's the fish tanks with the heads in. And they've got water in and it bubbles and it all lights up and the discs go in the back. It's awesome, but I would never pay the amount of money they want for those things. I think they're cool. I, I, I would like them if they were the same price as a normal disc. But collector's editions is a weird thing. Obviously, people want them because they're, most things get a collector's edition nowadays. Yeah, and our conversation started with simple slip covers because I am yeah. opposed. I think it's a waste. I think it's pointless. I don't just think it's pointless. It's not my interpretation. It does. It serves no purpose. Because it often, just I would say 90% of the time, yeah, it's the same as the cover. So this like oh, added value because of a slip cover, it's like... People are... I don't know what it is. Like, like, I don't get it. Like this TV show. I'm showing Sid Talk the TV show Defiance on a Blu-ray. The added value is you get the, the season in a, in a Blu-ray and the cover is a lenticular collector's edition cover. Even the, They actually say there it's a collector's edition cover. Um, that's the added value. And it's, and it's really, not. No, it's not. No, you're calling it added value. It's nothing. It does not enhance my I mean, I enjoyment of the is. show. I don't watch the show and go, oh, look at my extra cardboard 3D. cover. Yeah. So, and I think we boiled it down to that if I'm watching Wizard of Oz and I've been a lifelong fan of it, like lifelong, my entire life as far, as young as I can remember, laying on the floor at Grandma's house, watching it at Christmas, and then watching it every every opportunity I've had since. And if I don't, I mean, I love, you got me a salt and pepper shaker. That salt and pepper shaker is like Dorothy's, or the witch's feet under the little house. But I know that because it's actually um, Yeah, but when I look at that, I don't think about it as a reminder of Wizard of Oz. When I look at it, I think about how much you love me and think she loves this thing and I want her to remind it. That's what I think of instead of Wizard of Oz. So that, to me, the symbolism of that is different. So our point here is collector's editions are lost <laughs> on you and me, uh, I can take them or leave them. Occasionally I might buy one. It's very... I, how much do I love Grand Theft Auto? That's your... I did not buy a collector's edition. Even though I could have. It had a hat with Los Santos on it and it had a... A security and bag. And you do not wear hats. Right, and you know like a security bag that you take your money to the bank in? Where they like have mm-hmm. a little... It had one of those with Grand Theft Auto on it. To me, it's not worth extra money. It's like two pieces of crap that would end up in the cupboard, right? Correct. So, even though it's Grand Theft Auto, I'm not buying into that shit. $150 that was for a hat and a bag. 
Ah, but if it was a thing that you did find value in, you would find you would want it. Possibly. So you're just deciding yeah. based on how you value that thing. I'm it takes saying, a lot for me to value. I'm saying it, these things don't need extra anything to begin with. Probably not. Because if not. the game is enough, Probably the movie not. is I... enough, the music is enough. You know, if you love something, and I understand about reminders and collectibles, and as I'm, I was gonna say, I have this or that, but you know what I have around me is my own artwork, which makes me sound really just. When I look around, I don't have posters of anything. We don't really have. I we mean, have I've got some comic Kevin books. Kevin Smith comic books, but I have my own painting and drawings. <laughs> Maybe that's the brain of an artist. We're so absorbed with ourselves. You don't care any- about other people's <laughs> yeah. fancy 3D covers. Correct. All right, so moving on to the podcast. It is Saturday, October the 5th, 2013. This is after the show number 295. Ooh, we're nearly there. And I'm not annoyed this week. I was very annoyed last week, so today I'm not. Would you? <laughs> I didn't notice. Oh my god. Alright, so. Oh, ladies, you know why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so, the movie we're looking at this week is called The Purge. It's a 2013 movie. I could have purged last week. It will be released on Blu ray this coming Tuesday, so you can pick it up then. This is a little bit of an early review. This is on Blu ray from our friends at Universal. It's rated R, and the tagline for the movie is One Night a Year, All Crime is Legal. Now, I'm going to ask you for the synopsis, but that was pretty much the synopsis. <laughs> that's it. So, that's the synopsis. One night of, it, uh, of the year, all crime is legal. And to continue that, is we're focused on one family and their experience. And why is all crime legal? Um, let, let's tell Okay, uh, the premise is that through in the next 10 years, because it was 2022 when, it, when we're in, so within the next 10 years, there's been a new, like kind of a revolution in America in politics where the new ruling party has decided there's new founding fathers and we want no unemployment and no crime, so we're going to make it so that every good American, you don't commit crimes... But we're going to give you... One, but our our basic thing is that humans are violent, aggressive creatures. It's just natural creatures. inside us. But in order to have a good country, we have to suppress that. But one night of year, we embrace it and we allow it and we encourage it. And you're a good American if you either participate or sacrifice yourself to be a victim, basically. And now we're focused on one family who... The father is involved in selling security systems, which Specifically protect the rich because people. because people are in fear now. Right. And another element mixed in there is that, as you kind of grasp the whole overall concept, the social commentary is gun sales and security sales are the whole economic thing of the country They came now. out of the purge. Like, like right. people took advantage of the purge. I Not mean, only that, but I mean, that's the objective Right. Of the purge is to raise the sales of these things. Correct. I mean, that's the vibe I got. Well, so. somewhat, but also to keep people in line in a weird way, like because mm, the rest of the, the time, the, uh, as far as I can tell, now it's not fleshed out enough. Mm-hmm. Actually, there was I had questions about the purge, yeah. the purge itself. Like I wanted to know the rules to the purge. I wanted to know there were no rules. No, I mean I wanted to know. The rules for every other day when it's not a purge. Exactly what would happen to you if you committed a crime. Oh, right. And you know? why do people stop at 7 a.m.? Uh, and what stops it? You know, like, is it because the police are now coming out in the streets finally? Is it, it because it, everyone's just... According to the movie, that is it. But 
also I want to can I ask this question time zones <laughs> good point <laughs> good point can I also ask this question <laughs> why can't I go on holiday that day could I go on holiday that day to Britain Right, we don't. Need, that'd be a good scene, wouldn't it? Just show the airport <laughs> the of people, leave, like. yeah, going away, going away, or making that, or making it illegal right. for a month. That's before. what I'm saying. There's a lot of questions unanswered, so you just have to kind of roll with. Yeah, and I have to say, I'll get all my negative out of the way really fast because overall, I didn't dislike the movie, but there's a lot of things that made me not appreciate it as like <laughs> as a good movie because it's not really. No, but overall, I. In, I got it. I got it. You know, I figure, I get the idea. But a lot of the negatives are like there's huge loopholes in how things happen uh, from one scene to the next. The one scene where the daughter is saying, "I'm going to be in your secret hiding place," and literally in one, it was cut from her face to the next shot of her being held captive by uh-huh. the dude. Now, there's no when you're editing a movie. And I'm not saying everything has to be formulaic, but I mean, just in terms of making it feel more authentic, you give the sense of time, at least some sense of time. That's just one instance. Actually, the sense of time this movie gives me is, it's, it's if you take the credits off, it's like an hour and 15 it's minutes. It's really short. It's really brief. It goes really fast to so, me. So it goes very fast. It's really paced and there's no time to really flesh it out. It's just I felt like there action. was a lot of poor... Mm, performances as well. Not poor all the time, but there are scenes where it was almost like it felt like a rehearsal for a couple people occasionally. I don't know. I'm being really harsh, no. but it jumped out at me really strong. They're they're maybe they're supposed to be deadened of emotion because the way that people have become. But there was a lot of yeah. But as for me, insincere things. I didn't believe he cared enough about his family. Really. Yeah, but I also felt that. Ethan Hawke, I mean, the Ten dad. years of living this thing. We don't know when it happened, because it's 2013 now. No, we don't know now. when it happened. I was assuming it. But we don't know. It could be two years. It could have only been happening for two years. Hmm. They didn't even say that's a good point, too. We don't know how long it's been going on. How ingrained is People it? People are kind of ingrained into it. That's the way it seems. Yeah, I guess they're 20, used to it. 2022 is not long enough, though, is it? For that kind of a huge I don't change think, to happen. I think because it, it being a fairly low-budget movie, also. They didn't want to go too far, because... You would change. then have to change how you know. You'd then That's have true. Because I, I did notice all the vehicles were very twenty thirteen, and the technology <laughs> was well, literally what we use today. Uh, I really pick things like the thermostats on the walls were just like Honeywell thermostats, like budget looking ones. I it felt was, like the concept of the the idea of the story was bigger, and it's yeah. getting the concept over to you, handing it to you. And getting you to understand it was more important than making a yeah for good... making it. I think for a low lowish budget movie, and it, it cost three million dollars to make, which is not a lot for a movie. Um, I think they pulled it off somewhat. Um, I don't think it's excellent. I don't think it's. I get partic- the idea. I get the idea. I f- I felt what they did, and this is my opinion of the movie. I think the build-up to the movie, like the first 15 minutes when they establish the concept and then put you into suburbia and it seems all, you know, like suburbia that we used to, and then... No, this is snotty suburbia. I mean, snotty suburbia. Well, let me say suburbia we used to out of movies. No, this is even snotty. This is the kind of suburbia where you're I feel like I've seen it in movies a lot, that kind of... 
Yeah, but that's a snotty. Yeah, upper class. We're not talking about normal suburbia here. Yeah, so they, you, but you feel at home in it, like like you, you know, there's the people coming to talk to you when you go out and get your paper, that kind of thing. Like I got that vibe, but the obviously the vibe of tonight's going to be hell, like because this thing. Going. Yeah. So I think they really pulled off suspense because I actually felt nervous for what was about to occur. In the beginning, I did. Yeah. Now, what actually does... Because it's a... I, I do believe it's because it's a lo- lowish budget movie. It needs to take place... It can't be sprawling. So they take place all inside one house, which is their house. And I think, on one hand, that's to its... Makes it better. Because it's contained and it's not confusing. But then, on the other hand, it is really claustrophobic to me not claustrophobic it makes it very um by the numbers like i've seen it in a million kind yeah. of horror movies one of your recommendations stalking people and, yeah <laughs> Definitely like, yeah like it makes it oh, okay there's there's some people in a house some people want in the house maybe they'll get in and there'll be some they're given a moral fights. dilemma yeah it's not and when the sun comes up we will the smoke will clear and we'll see who's still now standing. there was a moment in this movie and this happened. I don't often do this. I just roll with movies. <laughs> but stuff was happening. And consciously, in my mind, I said, hold on, which character is not here? Oh, that's what's going to happen. And then it happened. Right, of course. Yeah. And I don't often do that. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I actually physically it happened, did it. happened three times. Yeah. And, and that means it was losing me. Like, at that point, cause, and, and I was right, so I, I predicted what was about to happen. And what ultimately happens, I predicted since the beginning. Absolutely. So... This element has been thrown in yeah, as a... Mm, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, good, bad... It's and one then... of those movies where every single thing that's telegraphed to you is telegraphed Absolutely. for a reason. There's nothing superfluous. It's... There's nothing clever in this movie. No. At all. There's not one single thing that sneaks up well, on the, you. Well, the concept is kind of interesting. I don't know if it's clever, no. but it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's interesting because there are crazy motherfuckers in this world who would think that's a good idea, pardon my language, who would think, hey, let's do that in America. But your question is, we, I need to see with this concept what goes along with, if 10 days ago you went and murdered somebody, how severe is the punishment? Have we is... gotten to a point at this at this stage where if you do commit any crime, it's like... Death? Because that would be an interesting thing to throw in there. That if you commit a crime in the end of 364 days, anything at all. Thief, Traffic, speeding, anything. That you are immediately yeah. executed yeah. or something. Yeah, I needed to know that. To really. save up so that all the frustration everybody has until this one thing. Now, one of the biggest loopholes is that there's no unemployment. There's 1% unemployment. There's barely any crime. And yet, we have downtrodden homeless people everywhere. Well, they kind of seeked out on that night, though, aren't they? I know. I mean, why do they exist? Not everywhere. Why do they exist? If everything's going so well... Well, they're the 1%, right? That doesn't mean that's the 1% who's unemployed, though. If everything's going so well, why do we still have that portion of the population? Also, our... Why do we still have loads of poverty? Our homeless person is also a black man. So it's, like, really... Telegraphed to you. Yeah. That these white... A black man is coming... He's well, born. the white rich people no, I mean, in feel the safe and secure 
And then the person who is either going to be a threat or a help is symbolized by a poor, homeless, African-American vet. Yeah, vet. (laughs) Like a vet. It's really as far as, as much as you can lay on it, it's Yeah, as much responsibility as you can put on this dude to be either the menace or the superhero. I mean, those are his only two options now. And then the rich, educated university students like um who are i don't care what the guy said in the extras it's totally satirical like they made him so unbelievably creepy he's trying i mean i get it i get what they were going for yeah but they were movie they were movie creepy they weren't like oh i'm based in reality where these people can feel creepy to me they were over the top to where I was almost like I feel threatened by them because they're crazy. And but they're t- it's too much, too theatrical, way too theatrical for the director to think he was giving us something that felt realistic. I mean, that was another one of my negatives was that their whole vibe of this gang of educated young people who are coming to do their purge that they're entitled to in this really creepy masked way. It was too much. I think. Um... Like, if you've seen the movie Hostel. I have. It works quite well on its own, Hostel. But it doesn't explain enough about the organisation. And I had questions at the end similar to this movie. I want to know about the... And then Hostel 2 came along and it told it from the side of the organisation. Which I thought was a really clever move. This movie, and there is going to be a sequel. This was quite successful and a sequel is already in production. I feel the sequel could be really good if they take... How could you possibly know? No, I'm just saying, if they take this approach with the sequel of telling you more about The Purge instead of another incident like this. Like, about how the country is... Right, but how does that reflect on this movie? That's what I'm saying, like Hostel. I'm giving Hostel as an example. Right, but does Hostel get better because of Hostel 2? Um, Hostel 2 people don't like a lot. It made me appreciate Hostel 1 more, is what I'm saying, personally. Mm, I disagree with that philosophy. I liked it. I liked how it w- was from the side of the organization, and you saw behind the curtain more, which you don't see in this. You but just... Hostel should just stand on its own, without any help. No, I'm just saying that this is having a sequel, and having a sequel might be beneficial to this franchise. I understand what you're saying, but this movie should stand alone, and it knowing does. that it I think it sequel, does stand alone. should not be relevant at all. Right, and I was just bringing that up as a topic, um, but I think it does stand alone on its own um, as a just a fun kind of... But it doesn't, because we crave more explanation. Right, but that, must, that might be me reading too much into it. It's pretty simple, simplistic, entertaining kind of movie. It's not entertaining to me. But that's what I don't get. Well, it is if you like a horror film. Like like I'm saying, Hostel, you couldn't say it's entertaining. But I was entertained by it. Define entertained. Like like it's a... a, For some reason, I like watching gory horror films. I am entertained by them. There's there's an element of entertainment, being disturbed. Like a challenge of watching it if it's really horrible. The Wizard of Oz entertains me. I don't see any horror movie that entertains me. Yeah, I'm entertained by The Exorcist. I'm entertained by it. Define entertained then. I don't understand. Like, like I'm, I have fun for the time it's on. Hmm. Like, like I like watching. movies. I don't have fun during movies like this because no. I find it too close to reality. Almost the the concept. Yeah. So it's not fun at but all. I it's did like titillating because it's more scary in a it's way. It's kind of stimulating to make you think about things, but I don't see the entertainment value other than 
I mean, it's it is entertaining. It's a film, right? So it's, a, it's, it's not entertaining to me. This movie, it's just handing me ideas right. to. To me, more. it is. I mean, I, I wasn't bored by it. It was, you know, I, I wasn't, sh- I wasn't actually shocked by it. No, it was. It's kind of light, really. In, in a you could have gone much grittier, definitely. But it, the act. There's one main action scene in the whole thing, really, and it's like a big fight, and it was a really well done fight. Um, but it. And this movie is like mostly takes place in the dark, and I don't think it was. Some movies, when they take place fully in the dark, it's hard to tell what's going on, but they did a good job of lighting it, even though it was in the dark. But yeah. you can say that's weird. I feel like they should have just left the lights on. What's the big deal? Why, why cut so the So there's a lot of like people wandering around with flashlights and guns. Uh, that's all right for a minute or two, but I find that that's a bit. Yeah, but the ones who don't have flashlights also have lots of light, light on them. On them yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yes. like so, and I was watching this, thinking that to myself. For a movie with no, there's no power at a certain point, so there's no, there's only some emergency lights, but really minimal. I was thinking this is the best lit film for a film with no light. It really like wow, you can see almost everything, even when they're not shining torches at each other, you can see everything. It was weird, and there's really no reason for it, just to make it scarier that you're in the dark. But I don't think it is scarier. If the the way that they presented their their scare moments would have been equally There's as creepy. There's some jump scares, like right, and but the in, light would have been fine. But in overall, even though it's full of holes and it's kind of tacky a little bit, a little bit, I still, I I, I honestly say enjoyed what what I saw because I do like a good. It, it's it's not a horror movie, Mm-mm. but it's got scares to it I mean the scares are the situation and the actual my only fear came in the very beginning and the only reason I was fearful was imagining it for real right how, and I was scared during the middle of it I'm not talking squeaking in the boots I'm be? talking it's, it's scary to think okay this night has occurred and you feel safe in your castle and this is the ultimate castle that he's kind of built but, but then, it's not but it's not and then just some people are going to come in and do whatever they want. Right, and that's not down to the movie. That's down to the idea. Right, the, and that's what I'm saying. But me, the watching really The Exorcist, when she's talking in tongues and saying crazy shit from all the weird spirits inside of her, that is what's creeping me out. Because that's... I'm in it. I'm in that movie, in that moment, in that room with that possessed girl. And I'm not saying this is a horror film, because I don't think it is. It's no. more of a, a thriller, like a suspense thriller. Um, with a high concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely. And it definitely could have been served better to tell us the story of the the whole, the purge itself. Even just three or four little short scenes or shots even. All we get from the rest of the world are little um, webcam, not webcam, but like CCTV. I thought that was vision. very effective, that opening sequence. Because they showed you really horrific violence from CCTV cameras. With classical music yeah. playing over it. But then I thought, oh good, this is we're going to get the whole scope of it. But instead, it kept narrowing. Yeah. And all we ever saw of the rest of the country was that. Now, I understand budgets. Yeah, I But understand you could also that. show, like we said, a scene at the airport or a scene on the road. Something that gave you a bigger scope. Now, I understand budgets. And you can literally feel the budget being con- constrained in this like you feel it being sucked into this we've got this house and this is where it's going to be filmed but then it doesn't come across as like a really cheap production though to no. me you know it looks I the- mean you know you can tell the difference between 
we have 50 shots or we have three days to get this shot yeah, done. Yeah, and we have two hours. But I think what they done. did with whatever they had, they did well. Yeah. I mean, because they... I bought... The, the house was good. It was more about the editing. And I think the writing to... To cut, to get the... I just don't, I don't know, know why it's so short. Like, yeah. not many movies are... Because there's nothing to it when you think about it. Yeah, but it still could be longer. You have a dude defending his house against a crew of crazy people on a night when everyone can do whatever they want. Right, but they could have been more... But to add a little bit of the... Ex- character development, Telling even. the story. Because the character development amongst the family at the beginning is serviceable. It's just like, oh, his dad and... His, How his about dad. Blondie lives, you know... Hit. This guy. And the next day, in the morning, as the police and everybody are coming around, ambulance pulls up. Why is this the, a new new ending? Yeah, this is oh. an additional scene to give you a bigger and more additional information about this whole thing. The guy comes out who's coming to help everybody, and it's him. Other night, uh, the it's whole rest bit- of the year, he's just... That's what you're supposed to get, is that everyone... Because you get the vibe that these people are just maniacal, crazy people... And this is their excuse to come kill you. But is it really that? Because the neighbors all seem crazy. They're like Stepford people. Like Stepford wives. They're all plastic and weird anyway. So you know they're all repressed and like, they're gonna. Ex- you know they're going to explode. Even though they don't. They pretend they're not going I thought to. The, I thought the ending was very effective too. As in, I don't want to spoil the ending, but Mm-mm. like... From where it, they do it, yeah. then the credits roll in and it's it telling you some additional information. Audio while the credits. I like that ending because it felt. It didn't feel wrapped up on. It felt. Correct. It felt messy like. It felt like uh, this isn't. Ne- you know, how's this going to go back? Right. But that's that's the only hint of expanding on this, this one little neighborhood. Whereas throughout the movie, we could have had a little bit more of that to feel like. Because you, if you don't care about this family very much, which I had a hard time at first caring. I liked the lady, so I cared about her. I didn't really care about the daughter. I kind of sort of cared about the son. They were an odd family. Really. Didn't care about the... Fu- yeah, and when the when the director says, we wanted to make characters everyone could identify with, really? Like a super rich guy and a stay-at-home wife who's like super rich and everything's perfect and magazine Catholic schoolgirl. The girl dressed in like a very skimpy Catholic schoolgirl. Private school, probably. And the boy who's like, what, like a genius little tinkerer kind of kid. Hacker kid. Who looks super cool. This isn't a family to identify with. And that's what takes me a step away. Like, oh, here we go. We've got our victims handed to I mean, us I on a plate. I mean, I get the family. They're a bit messed. They're, they're, they're not perfect. The plastic. And they're not perfect, like the... There's... Yeah, but there's no imperfections. She likes a boy who's older than her, and that's it. Uh, the boy might have some health issues, because he keeps taking his pulse yeah. I for mean, there's some, there's, there's some very... But it's not real. ...movie-like um, tropes just laid down. Yes. Like, oh, I'm a, ch- I'm a kid who can make... Hey, Mom, look at this thing that I've made that has a camera on it that goes around the house looking at... It's like really... You mean like a really advanced thing? Yeah. That well, it is the future a little bit, but still. Here's this thing that I made, Mum, and I can... And, and he says it very clearly. Um, it you, If it's coming past you, you can barely hear it. He says like and a lot of... I've added music. I've added music. music. And yes. the camera can see things. And, and you know what music I've added? The creepiest fucking music <laughs> could possibly add to anything. <laughs> So when it goes past, it'll play. So, cre- later, so later in the movie, when I, when the music comes on, yeah. you're gonna be like, "Oh, yeah. that's creepy." <laughs> it's like tiptoe through the tulips in Insidious. 
tiptoe. Absolutely. Like, but that Whoa. is creepy. <laughs> but still, to, like. I have to admit. But still. Insidious, not great, but it has that music does make it a little bit creepy sometimes. Yeah, but still, it's. Um, I think it's hard. I have to compartmentalize because I like her, the mother, and her, the actress. I'm not a huge Ethan Hawke fan in this sort of context because I felt like it was pretty. He was very focused on being salesman of the year and not focused on I want to defend my family. That fell through for me completely. I, I didn't feel like I kind of liked that. I didn't feel like he, that he, wasn't... he was in love with his kids or anything. It was more like I don't know. I, there wasn't a strong thing there, and maybe that's part of it. He, you know, he's so secure in his security system. That he just says, "Oh, you'll be fine," so I don't have to worry about you anyway. But it, di- I didn't feel. But then after he, he knew that that security system was kind of shit. Even then, it didn't really kick in for me. So I had a hard time with that. But because it crawled inside my head, the idea that this is possible, and then I expanded on that, and that there are places in this world, in this country, in neighborhoods, and towns, and other countries where people do live in this kind of fear all the time. That if you hear gunshots down the street, someone can come in your house and do something horrible and you have no control over it. So that I give it credit for. Because unfortunately, that curled, that curled in the back of my mind and I was like, oh shit, this is a horrible idea. But I kind of liked it in a funny way. I was watching it and rolling my eyes quite a lot. And, you know, but in a funny way, I I like the idea a lot. I, I, I would have liked to see... You don't the, like the idea of it happening. You like the idea it presented to you in a movie. No, I mean, I like the, the premise of this movie. Yeah. As a movie. I mean, I like the premise of the Hunger Games as well. I don't want it to happen. Okay. Just clarify. I'm saying it works well as a movie. The Running Man. I don't want that to occur, but I like the idea of what you can do with that premise. And the same with this. Running Man's all right, if you made it. <laughs> you just don't feel that... I don't... I feel that... It could have been done better, and there. And I'd like to see a sequel. Actually, this, and as I know, there's a sequel being made. I would actually like to see it expanded upon because I feel that it's a good idea. I just don't want you don't want to do another. Oh, here's another purge. Here's some different people, and they're all stuck in the house. You don't want to do that with it. You want to. You mean like Saw? <laughs> right. You want to expand more. It's better. It would. It would actually be good if you expand it. I don't mean expand it to. A $250 million movie. I mean, just tell us more. Show yeah. us more. You know? You know, like, you know, like Cabin in the Woods kind of show both sides. Yes. And I you understood both Woods. sides. Yep. It felt satisfying because of that. Was that a very pricey movie? Not really. Yeah, and it was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, really fantastic. I didn't want to like it at first because it, it's presenting itself as what you hate. Yeah. And they know you're sitting That's there going, the idea, oh my god, it? I hate these people. And then you're like, oh, oh, oh you tricked me. <laughs> you tricked me. So the cast here is Ethan Hawke plays James Sandlin. I really think he does a good job, Ethan Hawke, in most movies. <laughs> but I feel like in <laughs> this one... Like there's a caveat In there. this one, I don't think he really had much to work with for his character. Correct. And he, and he thought that he did when when the interview. He said, well, I don't really play this kind of character. He's kind of a square. Yeah, and he's too focused on that. Being the, the salesman square. guy. Yeah. Instead of being focused on... This is how I would want to interpret the character. This is the guy who's gotten wrapped up in this whole process. Uh, he's become really rich because of this purge yeah. thing, clearly. 
But when he said, I thought there was a little bit of hope when he was saying, one year ago we couldn't even pay our rent and now we're buying a boat. Then I thought, ah, maybe there's something to him where there's a little more grit from his past and this getting rich has just sort of like um, anesthetized him. But if he gets pushed enough, we're going to see the real him. Right. But I didn't think we ever did. Not really. So, Lena Headley plays his wife, Mary Sandin. Love her. And we'll know her from... Love her. If you watch Game of Thrones, she's a Lannister. Which Lannister is she? She's the bitchy queen. The queen which, Lannister. Which Lannister? No, I mean, what's her first name? I don't know. She's a Lannister. Queen. She's the queen Lannister. She's, she's horrible. She's yeah. horrible and she's wonderful. That's why I like about and her. And she's good in this movie, except she's British. And why couldn't she be British? Why is she sometimes British and sometimes American? And her daughter in real life... The actress is, is, is Australian. British? She's Australian. Oh, is she? Yeah. <laughs> but in the movie, she's sometimes Australian, sometimes American. Oh, if, I didn't hear Australian. If you can't do... I didn't hear Australian. I did. I actually heard it from her, and that's why I thought, I bet she's Australian. And then I looked it up, <laughs> and she's Australian. She's from uh, Australian soap opera, actually. Um, but Lena Headley's a very posh British accent. So they want her to be American. I don't know why. Why can't you be married to a British person? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know this movie's about America. Why would any British person come to America knowing that the purge exists? Uh, true. <laughs> unless it, unless she was there before it existed. But, yeah, she she's great. But that slipping of accent thing, it's, it's not just this movie that's guilty of it. A lot of movies are guilty of it. She didn't slip, though. Mary. Queenie didn't. Ever. I think she did, actually. She was shouting at one point and I heard a British accent. She, she was shouting. Maybe you're more tuned into it than me. Yeah. I don't think... I think people who are from another country, I don't... I can never... I know this movie's about the American way and all that kind of thing, but it, he could have had an English wife. It doesn't... And they could have even added another element... And an one, Australian kid. One line <laughs> could have been, like, him saying to her, I know nights tonight, like tonight make you sorry, you know, make you wonder about having moved here with me all those years ago, or something like that, just to give you... Just one more little element about them and her being like she loves him so much. But then I never felt like she loved him very much anyway, so it's kind of weird. You know? <laughs> Adelaide Kane plays Zoe Sandin. She's the Australian uh, daughter. She's portrayed as like a this sex bomb daughter, kind of like... I didn't like, get that. Yeah, I did. She's in this skin, Catholic schoolgirl outfit and she's showing a midriff and it's kind of like she's got socks up to her knees. It's kind of... In one scene. And she's like... You're a dude, though. I guess that's what you'd focus on. But I didn't say that at all. Yeah, that... it was played for titillation with her. You could, I could tell that that was what they were going at. Like, I thought she's it was be... because of we are... He's tempted this boy who's 18. who's was a grown man, I guess, is 18. And that's how he sees her. And then once that was over... I, then with, I think it was, it was for the male members of the audience to look at this young girl. But she's underage. That's just she's, creepy. She's not actually underage in real life. No, but she's in the 25. movie, she's portrayed as being underage. And that was the other thing. She looks way too old to be that schoolgirl to me. Yeah, she she's actually like she's 25. about 18 25. in the movie. Yeah. Um, then you've got Mark's Burkoder as the son, Charlie. Um, He's all right. They yeah. just want him to be Mr. Fix-It and, like, the moral it's, center of the whole thing. Yeah, but, it, yeah. A lot of responsibility there, too, for that character. Reese. He has, he has to be the one who's like, this is just wrong. Like, I don't care what anybody says. It's just wrong. And that's a lot to lay on a kid. And Reese Wakefield plays polite leader, as they've called him. And is the leader of the, 
um, bad guys. Very bad guys. And he's also from an Australian soap opera, Home and Away. Um, he's creepy. I've got to give him that. I don't think so. I think he was played up way too much to be even creepy or anything. There was one scene where he was just looking through the glass saying nothing. That was really creepy to me. When he's looking straight at Ethan Hawke. It was too theatrical to me. Yeah, that, that, too obvious. that was what made it creepy. And then Arija Barekis is Mrs. Grace Ferrin. I just mentioned her because she's the lady at the beginning who talks to her outside the house. All the neighbors seem fucked up anyway. Like Stepford so. wives. They're, that's what I said. They're all Stepford yeah. people. Yeah. Like mechanical. I wanted to mention her because I in, kind of enjoyed her in the movie, in a way. Hmm. But not at the beginning, let me say. So it's directed by James DeMonaco. And James DeMonaco um, hasn't done any directed any movies. But he did write uh, the movie The Negotiator, which is actually a really good movie. Um, Kevin Spacey and Samuel L. Jackson. It's a good movie. Uh, he's, and his next one he's doing is Purge 2. Ah, but is it good? Because we haven't seen it for a long time. If we go back and watch it, I bet we notice all of the elements the same as this Well, I liked about it, from what I remember, I own it on DVD, actually, mm-hmm. is it's it was a kind of twisty and turny... Uh, oh, one of those movies where you're like, oh, you know, like oh, there was I thought a, one these of the... were the bad guys, and uh, I thought you were the good. Yeah, guy. but it felt it was a bit cleverer. Like, like I, uh, I remember thinking, oh, what? it got me, like it bamboozled me. <laughs> That's why I liked it. So Blu-ray extras here on this uh, movie. There's just one, <laughs> one extra, and it's the making of the Purge, and it's about ten minutes long. But it's it's interviews with with you know people in the movie, and the the producer and the director. But it doesn't really tell you much. Mm-mm. And what it does tell you, I felt was false. But then they were the people who made it, so maybe it isn't. Yeah, that's what boggles my mind. Like the people who wrote the Lex Th- Dexter. Yeah. And they're talking about this, and you're thinking. No, that's not what I think of this. Like, not like, only that's not what I think about it. Oh, you didn't succeed because what you're yeah. saying, I, I don't pick up on. You did not present no. your idea to me in a way that I even go, you know what? I get what you're saying, but this is how I interpret it. I'm looking at it going, you don't. You're not making a family that anyone identifies with, hardly. You might be making a family that someone wants to identify Ethan with. Ethan Hawke apparently identifies with that family, but he's a movie star, right? Exactly. And so the guy who was <laughs> so he probably it, lives in a mansion. And- right. And so they, they think this is like, you know, and then they portray poor people or whatever as very, very slimly, very disorders like this scourge of America with no other identification. Excuse me, whatsoever. So, conclusion, it's an interesting movie, I think. There's lots of problems with it. I think it's too short. It's an interesting idea. It's a movie that feels too short, which is Felt weird. Because I, I don't care about the length of a movie, but this movie actually feels like, oh, is it over? That, that's it? Yeah. Like, there's nothing... But there's some thrills and chills, I guess, to be had in the middle of it. Not only that, but you're on a 12-hour track. You know this is going to be contained within 12 hours. And there's no sense, there's no editing or presenting to you any concept of how the night is progressing. Because by the time it's winding up, you're like, but it's only been like an hour. It's all this stuff. It's quick, yeah. You've given me no concept of you all sitting for a half an hour or hiding for an hour or that 
how long it took for the shit to hit the fan. Like, was it three hours? Was it seven hours? Because all of a sudden, the sun's coming up. Yeah. And, and there's so, no indications in there. So that's what made it feel so fast to me. Yeah. And so it's got problems, but overall, it's... And I know you're going to say... thought-provoking. Yeah, it's thought-provoking, but I would use the word fun for me. It's I know not you're fun, not going to say fun. I had fun with it, because I do have fun with horror movies. It's not a horror movie, either. I mean, graphic <sighs> movies, or interesting concepts, or, you know. But it's horribly violent. I don't understand how that's fun. I use the word fun for something that entertains me. I wasn't shocked by this or Mm -mm. disturbed. So it's not that kind of movie either. It's not The Exorcist. But I don't know how to explain it apart from saying, like, I I enjoyed it. Like, like it was a flawed movie in all ways, but the concept was enough. And I think I add my own things to concepts. I had a lot of questions (laughs) about this, which I hope the answer eventually... But it's brief and it's interesting. You know, it's more interesting than entertaining, definitely. Yeah. So, um, thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. If you want to enter <laughs> a contest, you can win some Blu-rays, um, DVDs. We I have, will ha- I have a new contest coming this week for a movie called Drug War uh, on Blu-ray. Um, and I noticed that that movie is actually showing at our local theatre right now. So we got that one pretty early. So, um, what's next week's movie review? It's not sure yet. Right. Do you know that one? It's got Steve Carell in it. (laughs) I didn't put it there. What are you saying? I'm saying that I put down for the movie for next week, not sure yet. It's that new movie with Steve Carell. Right. It isn't. There is no... I, I don't know what next yeah, movie Yeah, I don't is. know what you're talking about. Because when you put... I don't read what you've put. I just wait for you to tell me. No, I'm saying I don't know what next movie is. It, the, it was a joke. <laughs> you have no concept? No, I have no idea. It was supposed to be After Earth this week, but it has not come yet. Ah. So it could be After Earth, or it could be Pacific Rim, or it could be something completely different. Um, so, it's nothing. Why can't you just pick a movie that you know we have? And say that's what it's going to um, be. It, I have a schedule and I, um, it's whatever. It, it will we be. have 1,200 movies. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch right there. I can see them from here. All right, then it's Chucky. <laughs> no, I will not review Chucky of any kind. You will. If no. We, if we have to, you will. No. Not unless you want me to watch. No. No. I, don't, <laughs> I think you just got to think about Chucky because they're actually pretty good, those first ones. The first one, at least. No, I think they're horrible. Why? I just don't. I don't. It's a really interesting concept. Again, the spirit of a of a killer is in this doll. It's it's pretty interesting. It's not just horrible. I don't like tongue in cheek shit that much. The first one is not tongue in cheek in the slightest. Have you? The first Chucky movie is is played serious. It's completely serious. It gets tongue in cheek and silly. I must admit, like Freddy gets tongue in cheek. Yeah, the first the first Freddy movie is not tongue in cheek, is it? Mm -mm. Neither is the first Chucky movie. After the first Chucky movie, yes, it is tongue in cheek. And it gets worse. Progressively yeah, more Yeah, so nothing you. invites me into that movie series whatsoever. So the move, movie year game. Are we playing it? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm first, I assume? Yep. All right. When was the... What is the movie year game? Nobody knows. Yes, <laughs> they do. Movie year. 
Yeah, you can play this game along at home you if you want. say the movie, I say the year. And you can play name. along at or, home by listening to what we have I'm to explaining say. what it is. You say the movie, and I say what year was released, but I can't look it up, and I'm not supposed to just guess. All right. And vice versa, I do one to you, too. So, oh, you're going to get this one, because you put it down as one of your movie recommendations, so you probably already looked it up today. The Strangers. Oh, and I didn't look at the year. Um, that is one of my recommendations, and it feels to me like it was... 2011. 2008. Really? Yes. You must have watched it way late. No, we watched it when it came out. Really? Oh my god, five years just disappeared. And if you want to know what The Strangers is, it's one of our recommendations. It is a movie where it felt more grounded. I got more it's based behind... based on a true story, I believe. I don't know. I, I'm more behind the idea of it, because it, it was meant to be claustrophobic. It was supposed to be very isolated. A group of people who are just... Completely void of moral anything. Tormenting this couple um, mercilessly. Actually wear masks. And even though I felt, yeah. And even though it feels, you know, a bit Hollywoody times. I still feel like I got more behind that one as a whole movie than I did about behind The Purge. It had a really shocking ending, if I remember. Hmm. I don't think I was shocked. You know what I mean? When you've gone through the gauntlet of the whole movie. I don't think it really shocked me. I just remember that end scene and going, oh, God. In my movie... Did you look at that? Did you... Is... No, I didn't see it. On the Waterfront. Never seen it. No idea. 19... Yeah, but you know it exists and you know who's in it. I don't. Of course you do. Marlon Brando. On the Waterfront. I could have been a contender. It's that one. No, I've never seen it. Or I've never seen it, but I have a concept. What? I've never heard that quote before. I could have been What's a contender. What's it about? Boxing? Yeah. Oh my god. I've That's seen like Raging Bull. I've seen Raging Bull. No, I have no <laughs> idea. It's probably, if it's Marlon You've Brando. You've never even seen a scene of him in the in the back of the car talking to the guy. No, if it's Marlon Brando though, it's probably... <laughs> 78. 78? No. 1954. I don't know it, so don't, why act surprised? Oh, I'm, I'm totally shocked. I mean, there are movies I haven't seen, clearly, that are in the lexicon of movie. Oh my god, you have to see it. But not even to ever hear... You have heard that phrase. No, I've heard of the title of the movie. I have literally no idea who's in it, or what it was. I thought it was a black and white movie. And you've never heard a joke ever in the thousands of movies you've seen of someone going, I could have been a contender. Never. Yes, you have. I've heard Rocky Bal... That sounds like Rocky Balboa. I've heard him say something like that, maybe. Oh, thanks. Uh, probably something to mimic. The yeah, but idea I wouldn't have got it because I don't know the movie. Wow, and I haven't even seen the movie, and I know that. You haven't seen the movie. No. I thought you just said you had. No, I have not seen it on the waterfront, but I've seen the scene in the back well, of the why, car. Why would you be surprised if I'd never seen it? I'm not surprised you haven't seen it. I'm surprised oh. you have no concept of it. No concept of it. I know the title, and I think it probably won Oscars. Yeah, picture of the year. Right. So that's about as far as I know. Way okay. before my time. Um, interesting. And I don't watch loads of old movies. Clearly. You don't even have to watch it to know that I, phrase. I, I want everyone out in the audience right now, if you've ever heard the phrase, I could have been a contender, to raise your hand. There's people raising their hands right now. Yeah, I don't know it. In fact, I bet if, every single person. If you said, <laughs> I could have been a contender, what is that from? I would say Rocky. <laughs> one of the Rocky films. 
which were also Oscar, was also Oscar nominated, uh, Oscar winning movies. Um, so, uh, movie recommendations this week. I'm going along with the Purge. If you like the Purge, you would like these movies. Number one, my favorite home invasion movie, Panic Room. Um, it's not that great. Yeah, it's really great, David Fincher. I love it. Um, it's my favorite home invasion. I have to movie. see it again. I guess I watched it again when it was on, like on HBO or something, and it's really, really suspenseful. And Fincher knows how to do that. Uh, and my other one on the subject of the purge is the Hunger Games, which is also a high concept, bleak kind of semi future. I mean, future, but yeah. In, like, there's this one day where this happens, you know. Similar kind of concept, just more out there. Futuristic. It's mm. more in the future than this is, right? When is it set? It's way more in the future. I don't remember. And my recommendations are, as we said, Strangers, which the is creepy. As Liv Tyler, and I forget the dude who's in it. But it is definitely more rattling to me than this one. Or Panic Room, even. And the other one is Gladiator. And that's because, even though his family's already dead, and I'm not trying to ruin Gladiator for him, but it's like 20 years old, he, maybe on the on the far end of the scale, is the kind of character who I feel is completely committed to either avenging or defending now it's too late but there is a connection between he and his family even though they're already gone that is palpable you know and his 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 core of being like standing up for what's right eventually I get it and I don't know if it's just because it's Russell Crowe or if it's like they just wrote him right and it takes a long time to sell you the character of its big long movie but that was one character that I was convinced was had his center kind of thing about his family and you know that's why I thought of it I almost feel like they don't make movies like Gladiator anymore mm, for example the rent ones are, there is no example no I mean like what's in that way like like kind of epic the Esther we're in a, we're on a kick of like superhero movies and um you know for the big blockbustery type movies that's what gladiator was it is yeah but i'm talking about like that old you know like historical like we had a big uh, glut of those didn't we and they were cool like um troy and gladiator and robin hood even ridley scott's robin hood you know those what do you call it semi-true things like now we're superheroes and superheroes pretty much for our big Hollywood movies at the moment aren't we like big event movies they're mostly superhero movies mm. I tried to think and look I think for the last few years you know we've been Batmans and Supermans and Avengers and think of anything that yeah, we we watched that Immortals, which was kind of an old, but it wasn't anywhere near like a gladiator. Was so you're it? talking about like a real person being what, like the gladiator guy, yeah, or like a Titanic, or yeah, something like that. Even we don't seem to make. I guess we're just in in a groove of it will come and go, won't it? There'll be superhero movies, 
And then something else will take off. Sci-fi movies will become back, or, or horror movies will come back. I guess we're just in a superhero movie phase because they're popular. Mm. Because, like you know, they all come around, don't they? Zombie movies might come back. Or, well, zombie Not movies. Necessarily. Have, zombie movies have been and gone again, haven't they? But things come and go, don't they? And I think we're just in a superhero bit. I don't know what will be next. Romantic movies about cookery will be next. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. So what big epic historic thing would you have? Or would you have a fictional history movie? Yeah, any. Anything like Like that. Like what kind of thing? Like I really like old, like, history kind of things like that. Like... Gladiator or Troy. I do like that kind of. But what other history thing would you on be a really big in? scale? I'd really like to see, like, ancient Egypt done. Ten thousand BC. In there a you big go. Way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. There's plenty of times I'd like to go to on a big scale, like in a big epic movie. But our problem is when we watch that movie and everyone speaks perfect American English and everything is is sort of whitewashed and clean, whereas if you watch Apocalypto, it is presented in a way that makes you feel more immersed, you know, that's no... But then when you see Gladiator, everyone's speaking English and and it's, very it's fantastic, yeah. you love it, but we also pick them apart for that reason. So I would like to... See, I don't know what I'd like to see. I was going to say beginning of the universe, but I think that uh, Tree of Life covered that. <laughs> and Year One with Jack Black. I've never seen it. There's some stupid comedy about cavemen. I'm not a huge fan of Jack Black, really. I think Jack Black was in it. That other guy was in it as well. Michael Serra, I believe. Scott Pilgrim, dude. Mm. Probably some smart there's another. There's another superhero movie for you. Kind of comic book superhero. Comic books are also have, have been a... Being, you know, That's all superheroes are from, right? Comic books, pretty much. Yeah. Graphic novels, comic books. Yeah, we're just in in that. I'm sure we'll drop out of it soon, because it's been for a while now, isn't it? Mm. We're on Iron Man 3, <laughs> so we've been doing it for a while. And we're on, what, Spider-Man 4? Pretty much. All right, so, moving on to games and A-Scully stuff. I've been playing more GTA 5 this week. I'm shocked. Is it the fourth week I've been playing it, maybe? But what's new about GTA this week is they brought the online um, service, which is actually a separate game to the main game, which is interesting. And it's the prequel to the main game. But it's played. the story is played through the online mode. So instead of you just connecting and doing death matches and stuff, it's a separate story. You arrive in Los Santos and you create a character and you go. you meet characters who you've already met in the story, but before the story exists and you do jobs for them and you do it online now it's it's like a massively multiplayer thing there's like 16 people online at once though so it's not massively it's just no. 16 people at once i mean there are millions of people online at once you're just thrown into this 16 person world so why can world of warcraft have so many people at a time because it has like a dedicated server that everybody's on on World of Warcraft that costs a lot of money and the way GTA have done it is they've just like peer-to-peered it so it's not a big server it's you connecting to other people so who's hosting it? one of the 16 would be hosting it does that suck up your bandwidth? it would be the person with the best possible connection it would figure out who's got the fastest and best so that uses up your bandwidth? yeah if you're the one yeah we would never be the one because our internet connection is... How would you even know? How would you even know how much you're using? You never know in games. Um, 
I do because we have a router that can monitor what you use. Games don't particularly use that much, to be honest. You would think they do, but they don't. They don't even use... Call of Duty, for instance, doesn't even use 50 megabytes an hour. So it's like doing Facebook. Well, you do more doing Facebook for an hour, but this is like 16 players, and you're all in the... Call, Call of Duty... You're all in the um, Grand Theft Auto map from the single-player game. And you can literally do what you want. But there are missions to be done. Now, if you come across a mission on the map and it says it's it needs two to five players, for instance, and it's a heist, what it does is it automatically contacts those 16 people on their cell phone in the game and says, Hey, Scully wants to do this heist. Do you want to do it or not? And then they join you. So it's kind of seamless the way that works. But I've found that not everybody wants to do what you want to do. So <laughs> Shocking. So what happens is you're, oh, this looks interesting. You drive around and you see a blue circle, which indicates there's something to do here. You drive up to the blue circle and it says, this is a heist that needs six players. And as you know, there's only 16 players in your instance. So what's the likelihood of six of those people wanting to do that thing when you want to do it? It's pretty low. So what happens is... Three people join you, and then it says waiting for two more. And then you all sit there and sit there, and then they drop out because they can't be bothered waiting. And then you're sat there with one person, and then you're sat there with two people. Or somebody shows up and kills you. Well, you're sat in this lobby at this point where Mm. nobody's doing anything. Then sometimes there are instances where it says, go to this garage. Uh, Well, let's say, go to this convenience store. So you go there, and then it says, we are picking one of these other 16 players to come and rob this convenience store with you. You're going to be a team of two, and you're going to rob this convenience store, and then you're going to get away, and then you'll share the money. So I'll wait outside the convenience store, and it'll say, Sid Talk is about to join you. And it's, give say, you were playing. It gave you a message on your phone. Hey, Sid Talk, A. Scully is robbing a store, and you're his accomplice. Go with him. So that person, it's up to them, though. They're supposed to come and help you. And they would get a reward for doing it, which is cool. They have to reject it? They have to reject it. So that it'll look for somebody else. Right, and then it'll look for somebody else. But generally they don't reject it, and they turn up. And you're waiting for a few minutes, and then eventually a car will drive up and it'll be the person. And what's happened to me, and it's happened to me three or four times now, is the person gets out of the car and shoots me immediately and kills me. And then I'm out of that instance, and then I'm waiting for somebody else. Right. So this game, I think, would work perfectly well if people weren't such dickheads. (laughs) Like, it's fine without people. Wouldn't everything work better if people weren't dickheads? Right. GTA is just a microcosm of that. Now, what I'm assuming is going to happen here is, in the weeks that come, people are going to... the, The people who are curious at the moment... You know, the ones who kind of have joined the fun just to see what it is. They're the ones who are killing everybody, I'm assuming. Just like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, look, there's a guy. Shoot him, shoot him. Those people are going to drop out over the weeks. And, um... You are wishful thinker. No, I think they will drop drop away. And the people who really want to play it will stay. Because they'll go off and do something. I think the game. opposite. I think you're going to keep getting the dickheads and the people who really want to play are going to eventually go, you know what, screw this. Nobody wants to fucking play normal, so I'm not, oh, I'm not even going to bother. That online's a bunch of crap. Now, you're supposed to be able to solo it, which means, like, you can go off and do missions on your own. But what I've found is most of them require at least two people. So I would recommend you at least play with a friend so at least you two can do it on your own. 
Um, playing with a bunch of random people in this game, it doesn't particularly work very well. I think if you played with 16 of your friends, which is hard to kind of do if... Sure. I haven't even got 16 friends. <laughs> if you had 16 friends and you all He had, means it. Not even in real life. <laughs> and you all had headsets. I don't think I do either. I don't think many people would actually say uh, I've got World 16. World of Warcraft people have lots of online friends. That I have just the people that I know who are war, right. World of Warcraft people have like. But I mean, hundreds. in real life, you probably couldn't. Count right, but online, people. right? That's what I'm talking about. Like online, there. Yeah, I've not got 16 people on my PlayStation Network list. I've probably got 10, and they're not not all playing GTA. Are there some of them? It says they've not even been on the PlayStation 3 for a year, like right. when it says when they last logged in. So it'll be an excellent game with 16 people who you knew. And you all had headsets and you all knew each other. It would be fantastic. There's some really funny things. You can actually buy a, a house. It's persistent, the game. So if I buy a house, I always have that house in GT Online. So that house is mine. Now, Can someone come in and rob you anytime they want? No, you have to invite people into your house. But you can invite people in and there's things to do in the house. You can play darts. If you've got a really posh house and you've got a tennis court, you can play tennis. You can. Uh, this is the interesting thing. If you've got a headset on, and you go in somebody's house and you say to them, can I have a shower? And they say yes. You go into the shower, you take your clothes off, you get in the shower. And you'll be thinking, well, what's the point in that? So it's like The Sims. So you're in the shower. If you sing into your headset when you're in the shower, and it judges you on your singing, <laughs> you get extra points, extra reward points. When you're robbing a store, because GTA is about crime, when you're robbing a store, if you yell into your headset things like, Put the money in the bag or, you know, the person behind the counter hurries up because of you. It knows that you're saying the right things, you know, like... Have you tried it? No, because I don't have a headset on PS3. That's right. I, I do have a headset somewhere. I've not, not got it, but I don't generally play with a headset. I've heard other people doing it and it's hilarious because when you drive past certain houses, you hear singing and you're like, what is that? And that's the reason I figured it out. It's people in the shower singing in the house that you're driving past because it's locational, the speech. So I heard somebody singing a Britney Spears song and I was like, that song is in the game on the radio. But the person must have it on in the house and they're singing it in the shower. So there's some funny stuff in the game that's really unique. Um, There's been teething problems this week, like lots of connection problems. They're ironed out now. It seems to work fine. Um, And it's free if you want a copy of GTA V. There's no extra online costs or anything. Um, so yeah, GTA 5, it uh, just keeps giving. It's like the only game I can think where I've got my $60 fully worth out of it. I've played 50 hours of single player so far, and I'm only 70% done. So, the other thing that happened this week is... Break- Dollar an hour. Yeah. Breaking Bad ended this week. Um, we both watched it. How did you feel the ending? Let's Satis- not Let's not spoil it. Satisfied. But- yeah, after watching Dexter's ending and complaining about it for ten minutes last week, this is how to do a show, I think. Then that's all we need to say. Yeah, I just don't think they... No, I'm not giving anything away, but I want to discuss it a little bit more. I'm saying that they didn't compromise anything. They didn't break anything. Yeah, but the more you say, the more chances of you giving it away are very... Yeah, but they, it's big. a topic I wanted to talk about. Sure. So... so I'm saying, even though it's called Breaking Bad, I don't think they broke the story. I, I was trying to analyze it this week. Like, uh, did they? Does it all hold true? Is there anything that's unbelievable? Kind of not. 
in Dexter, you can actually piece all that all the way through it. Um, in The Sopranos, actually, I was thinking about this, there are some leaps of faith that you have to take. They do mess with a few of the characters where you're like, oh, what happened there? Like, they change them a bit too much. You mean in the last episode? No, throughout the season. Like, hmm. some characters don't come off as the... Like, I know characters grow, but I think some characters completely switch how they... Like AJ? Know. Yes. Yeah, AJ's one of them, yeah. But there are some of the gangs... Uh, the, uh, you might, I might spoil the Sopranos. Hmm. I don't care about the Sopranos. It's been a while. So Breaking Bad, yeah, it was a great, great ending. Um, I recommend, if you've not seen it, marathon the whole thing. It'd probably take you like a week because uh, once you get started, you don't want to yeah. stop. Uh, and finally, I've been playing a new game on the PlayStation Vita. It's called Spy Hunter. I got it for $3 from Amazon. There's a lot of really cheap Vita games on Amazon. This one was $3. Um, it's really bad. Worth $3? I think I've probably had $3 worth. I've played it for a while. I'll probably finish it. Uh, I like Spy Hunter, the old arcade game. This is like an updated version of it. But it's very... You're in a car. The car can change into a boat, like James Bond car. It can also change into... No, it can't change into anything else. It can change into a boat or a four-wheel drive truck. You drive along. There's a bit of a story. It's pretty poor. Stuff comes. Your car has got weapons fitted on it, kind of like James Bond. It's got a flamethrower, it's got machine guns, it's got missiles. You have to kill all the other cars and get to the end of the level. That's all there is to it. It's pretty... So why did you like the original? Because the original was an arcade game back... And it was like a really unique idea. Even more simplistic. It was top view, like old GTA. You drove down the road, you shot other cars and you dodged cars. And you, every so often, a truck pulled up... um, a ramp came out of the back, you drove into the back of the truck, and it refilled all your stuff. And it was a really cool concept, because it was old 8-bit days. But this is just like... It's like that, but in 3D, but it kind of looks crap. So it's $3, and you will... It's probably about as much as I would pay for it. So that's it for me this week on uh, Games and Exclusive Stuff. Sid Talk, what is for dinner? Basics. And what? why, why am I asking you that? Veggie burger, <laughs> fries... Peas or tomato soup. I have VG, BG, yet. and FR. It says on there. Yeah, it's like Breaking Veg, Bad. Burger, fry. I was being texty, which I don't normally do, but I thought it's I also would. a bit Breaking Bad. What? Those aren't symbols. I think FR might. FR be. might be Freon, but the other ones aren't. Um, but that's it. Pretty basics. And the reason you asked me is because we've explained this before that we are vegetarian, and every once in a while, if I do make something that is spectacularly vegetarianly delicious. Then I will tell you about it. And this week, I haven't made anything. We've had Subway. You made a pizza. I did make a pizza. I really liked it. But it was kind of uneventful, really. Used mushrooms and some Morningstar stuff. And, you know, well, not not really that interesting. But if I do make something exciting, I will tell you. And my advice for the week is, if someone says to you, okay, Either your beliefs or your attitude or the way you view the world or the politics that you're spewing out, that it makes you sound like a sheep. Like, oh my God, you sound like a sheep or you sound like you're in a cult or you sound like you are blind. A follower follower of something, like a blind follower of something. You probably are. 
Because there there are cues to what people say and how they present their ideas, their beliefs, their attitudes that make it very clear that there's no there's not a lot of research or understanding behind the words that are coming out of their mouths. They are sheep, or you are sheep, if, if you're part of it, that you will follow this thing because it taps on, I feel like we're all kind of like raw nerves and we all have these little spurty things that are sticking out of us that are extra raw and extra sensitive. And if something scoots along and scrapes along that super sensitive thing, you're likely to tag onto it and, and agree with it instantly without any question or you're super irritated by it without any other investigation whatsoever and you just go with it like in a like a reactive uneducated or just you you're just following a an established thing without even questioning it or wondering about it or digging a little bit deeper or deciding if that thing if you even think that you know, and I hear people, politi- particularly in politics, you know, who don't understand what's going on with the government shutdown, who don't understand the whole thing of the Congress and the budget and the Speaker of the House. And I didn't either. And I started reading about it and reading more about it. And I read parts of the Constitution even. I don't even understand the Constitution, a lot of it. And the first, the Ten, the ten Commandments, I was going to say. Similar. <laughs> the Bill of Rights, even. There are things in there I didn't even know. I don't know all the Bill of Rights. I know the ones they throw in your face all the time. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of bare arms, blah, blah, blah. And I mean blah, 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 as in I don't know the rest of them. So people who want to argue XYZ is bad and wrong and stupid and they're causing the, everything to go wrong, really, do you really think of that or is it because everyone around you has decided to think that and you follow you watch the news channel that tells you what you want to hear or because your family believes that and so you just that raw nerve of yours just attaches to them and you just go with it that will mean that you're like a blind follower so if someone presents you with that if someone's brave enough <laughs> or blind enough themselves to the probably you're going to get very irritated with them or defensive with them, to say to you, like, wow, do you really believe that? You sound like a sheep. Or you sound like you're just following something blindly without even thinking about it. Do you even know the facts? No matter how they approach you, just think about it. Because if those signs are showing up to people in the world, it's probably true. If you embrace the sheepness, then go for it. Like, if it's secure to you and safe to you and you're not brave enough or you're not like strong enough or you just don't give a shit enough to seek out whether you actually can support everything that you're saying that's fine embrace it and say yep i'm a sheep this is exactly my beliefs and i don't care to understand it and i just believe it because i was told to believe it and it suits my life and it serves me well and that's it that's fine you know admit it but don't get annoyed until you re-examine where your beliefs and your attitudes are coming from. Be a sheep. Be proud of it. Or be a goat. Break, break free from the sheepness. So I want to remind you about our websites. Uh, Aceschoolie.com, SidTalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Don't look at me. You can also catch get... us on the Zoom Marketplace uh, if you want to get this podcast in the old-fashioned way. If you're a, a Microsoft Zoom user. I am. Or you could be an iTunes. Or you could have an iPod and you could go to the iTunes music store or an iPhone. Or you could go to the RSS feed on the aschoolie.com website. Or you could go 
to stitcher.com. You can also email feedback to me at ascoli.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Um, Unless you have a good vegetarian recipe or recommendation. Stay classy, Mr. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, my favorite Ethan Hawke role, training day. Sure, of course. Fantastic. Of course. And why wouldn't it be? And I'm going to say, think for yourselves. Because if you're not doing it, someone's definitely doing it for you. 